This is Japan Baseball Weekly, the only English podcast covering all 12 NPB teams. And now, your hosts, John E. Gibson and Jim Allen. Hi, and welcome to the Japan Baseball Weekly Podcast. It's for the week of July 19th. I'm John Gibson, and with me on a Saturday night, I got it right this week, is my partner Jim Allen. How you doing, buddy? Oh, man, I'm doing well. You know, it's an all-star weekend, and, you know, it's riveting. <laughs> riveting because you had to watch it because you had to work. <laughs> Yes, my eyes were my eyes were glued my eyes were glued to the TV and my eyelids were glued open so that I didn't fall asleep. And, and I, I I I don't mean that kind of in a bad way. Just me, you know. I it's funny. I used to like the All Star games when I was growing up. I liked the All Star games until interleague. Ah, oh, yeah. Because I, I love the that. idea that you know people could play against people from the other league and I especially loved it because I was I was I really didn't know the American League. Mm-hmm. I grew up completely uh San Francisco Giants fan, not an Oakland A's fan. Uh I could it was easy to get to, the Coliseum wasn't. And the American League was I'd see it on TV, I just kind of like turned it off. I wasn't really that interested. I was such a fan. But then when I would see the, the All-Star game, that was fun because I got to see all these play. Oh, man, these, these are really good players, and it's fun, and this game is fun. And I, hope that, and I was pulling for the National League, so it was fun. But now it's, you know, it's just an exhibit. It's, it's really just an exhibition. Yeah. Well, you know, in Southern California, it's all about the Dodgers. And I was a big Dodger fan, and that was fine. And when the Dodgers didn't win, I kind of paid attention to that other little team down there in Anaheim. But my heart wasn't in it. Okay. And so on nights when the Dodgers lost, if the Angels won, it was just some kind of weird, wacky, vicarious uh, win for the Dodgers, <laughs> for me. Okay, that's I wasn't the way really, the, that, I really that's wasn't the, rooting for the Angels. <laughs> that's the way the A's were with me. Yeah, yeah. And when both of them won, we often entertained the notion of a freeway series. But the Angels were not really always that good. They they won. They were spunky. You know, they were, they were winning little. Yeah, I wish they hadn't been spunky little... against the Giants. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's right. When yeah, they finally won a World Series. It, yeah, the, <laughs> in my you know, I, I I won't count the one World Series when I was two years old because I don't remember it. Right. Why would you? No, exactly. I I didn't know. I I missed all those Peanuts cartoons growing up when uh, Charlie Brown commiserated numerous times about how Willie McCovey couldn't have hit the ball three feet higher. I had no idea what he was talking about. Okay, well, um, with that, we'll move along. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Make sure everyone, you mask up and you hunker down and... uh, Try to get your vaccinations like Jim and I did. And mm-hmm. also, if you have a moment, uh, go to YouTube, pull up the Pacific League English channel and subscribe, watch, and most of all, comment. The more comments, I know for a fact that they're looking at the comments and uh, collecting those. So comment as much as you can on the videos and tell them you want more. Tell them you want more content and hopefully we'll be able to do more. So please, absolutely, please do that. On this week's show, we've got no guest. 
Um, I won't get into that, but we'll dive into the All-Star Game series. We'll talk briefly about the practice games, and we're going to have a long break during the All-Star slash Olympic break, so um, we'll talk about defensive stats on this game and a lot more, and we've got some high heat, so let's start swinging. Clearing the bases! All right, so All-Star Game number one was on Friday at MetLife Dome, sort of in my backyard. I was thinking about going, but I decided now that we'll have to go from work. And, well, I <laughs> yeah. had to work at the office that day. Oh, so okay. I was going to have to go from work, and uh, it was going to just be too late by the time I got there anyway, so I decided to just go home. Uh, but Yosuke Kikuchi is the MVP in a hmm. 5-4 victory. He went 4-4, four four, had a two-run uh, two home run, so he had two runs batted in. And uh, he gave, his home run in the sixth inning gave the Central League All-Stars a lead, 4-3. to three. And uh, that, was, that came just in front of a Jeffrey Marte shot to deep left. The radio announcer really thought it was out of the park, and he was all excited. And then it, the, the ball was caught on the warning track. <laughs> but then Kikuchi comes up and hits it out, so the centrally gets the lead anyway and lost the lead later. But with the score tied 4-4 in the ninth, Hanshin rookie Takumu Nakano battled uh, to earn a bases-loaded walk off Lotte closer Naoya Masuda, and that was the winning run, 5-4. to four. So, uh, yeah, uh, MPB saves leader Robert Suarez of Hanshin shut things down in the ninth. And they won. The Central League, the little, the gutty little Central Leaguers sure. beat the Pacific League after beating them in the overall race in, uh, in uh, Interleague this season. So, you know, things, good things can happen. <laughs> sure. <laughs> they can pique our interest. The gutty little Central League Leaguers. Mm. What stood out for you from the games? Well, not uh, well. I guess the first thing was, uh, of course, my my pet peeve of of the the you know the the, the rules. You know the the J- Japanese media deciding that a rookie is a rookie when that they have two different definitions for the word shinjin rookie. Mm-hmm. One means a first year player, and one means a rookie, but they use them interchangeably. Well, yeah. <laughs> right. They only have the one word. <laughs> right. But the problem is they mean two different things. So, you know. Well, you're talking I, about vagueness in Japanese? <laughs> it was built on vagueness. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, there is there is that the language necessary. exploits its ability to be vague. So Yeah, there is uh, that I, I cultural element to it. But, but this is sort of like not being vague it's like explicitly saying a is b and b is a i mean it's not like there's a reason to it it's just that <laughs> okay so i'm I'm watching and it says uh you know and the guys are saying well he holds you know again he holds the rookie record for left-handed hitters in japan left-handed who rookie, he is uh teruaki sato Okay. So he's up at the plate and it says, and they're saying, oh, yes, he holds the record for left-handed rookie hitters. And which amazes me because when <laughs> Munetaka Murakami was rookie of the year, he hit uh, 36 home runs. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. And he's a left-handed hitter. So... So well, you know have, there are three types of rookies anyway, right? Or maybe even four in Japan. You know, the yeah. guy straight out of high school, 
the guys who uh, have been in the club for a while but haven't made it to the top team yet, guys out of college, guys who come, you know, directly. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's I all know. kinds of rookies here. Yeah, so they can, they can make up whatever cool rules and they want. And, of course, the, the, first, <laughs> the first one is always, you know, they often will say, you know, when – I'm sure when Shohei Otani in his first batting practice hit his first pro home run. Right. So. Yes, first batting practice. Yes, yeah, there are numerous first first home runs. Yeah. So I was just sort of um, pet peeving. Just, yeah, I, pet peeving. That's the word for it. So, but I love that. I loved uh, Yosuke Kikuchi. He's sort of like doing everything to prove why you know he belongs there. Hmm. You know, he's had this really uh, great uh, offensive season. Yes, yes. And he's had, uh, you know, his typical defensive season, which um, we, we, I, I was rant, not ranting, but musing about during the week. But, uh, yeah, he, it's sort of like he's kind of the forgotten man now because Tetsuro, Tetsuro Yamada's healthy again. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, but he's on the Olympic team and he's having these great numbers and he's like going like, Hey, I'm still here. I don't bury me yet. Yeah. I kind of got the idea that he was, um, kind of inspired by the all-star game again, because remember he had this great start to the season. Mm-hmm. looked like he was going to be the MVP mm-hmm. and he was doing so well, but the team really didn't reflect that. Well, he the team wasn't doing great. I, and- I don't, I don't. I'm sorry. I don't know. If, did he test positive for COVID nineteen? I he was one of I the guys. He was among those. Yeah, did, I, I believe he, he so missed too. some time. But but I, my point was that the the, the team, the, he was doing really well. He was energetic. He was very positive. He was pro- for providing a lot of production. But the team wasn't getting the Ws, and so I kind of got the idea that he was he had seen the writing on the wall that this team is not going to win. It's not going to win the Central League. It's not probably going to compete for uh, third place. And so not that he's going through the motions or anything like that. He just realized that uh, yeah, 31 going on 32, it's not. I just think that he was re-inspired by the All-Star game. Mm. And, and he came out strong. And uh, we saw that guy again that we saw early early in the season. But, hmm. Yeah, I, I, you know the carp situation is is pretty depressing. <laughs> well, that I, the All Star Game and the being on the Olympic team, I think he wants to cement his place as the second baseman at I, least. Or, yeah. Or, yeah, or at least you know show that you know Tetsuo Yamada is not the only second baseman in the in the Central League. Right. So yeah, in, in, inspiration for sure it has motivation mm. to do well. So yeah, I so like I was that. happy for him. He's a great guy. Uh, I loved his quotes after the game. Um, when I grew up, I came to this park a lot when I was a kid, so it's full of nostalgia. So hitting a home run was really cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I had I thought I mean there were a, a few fun moments. I think uh, what was it uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto, the mm-hmm. Oryx ace, facing uh, Hanshin's Teruaki Sato. I thought that was that was a fun moment. But yeah. I, what I really thought was a fun moment was early in the game when the Lions Hotaka Yamakawa tried a bunt or faked a bunt. <laughs> I want to say he faked a bunt, but I think if the pitch had been in the zone, I think he would have really gone. He would have given it a go, and he would have tried to bunt it, and that would have really been funny. And all things considered, you know, he's been having lower body injuries, injuries as the NHL likes to refer to 
uh, leg injuries. And, <laughs> and so I thought, you know, if he really did bump that ball, was he really going to try to beat it out to first base? And <laughs> is that the smartest thing to do, even though it's an all-star game and it's an yeah, It's kind of a, it was sort of an ethos swing. I mean, it was an Ephus, yeah, an Ephus offensive move and sort of like get the offense to sort of freeze, or the defense mm-hmm. to freeze. Right. <laughs> and then hit it over the fence. <laughs> Perhaps. Perhaps I did like the uh, uh, Brandon Laird making sushi all the way around the bases. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like that he and... Uh, uh, Nobuhiro Matsuda uh, were the guys who were involved in I even knew it was going to be Matsuda. He's probably like, they probably had a sign-up sheet in the PL locker room. A friend of Laird hits a home run. Who's going to eat the sushi? And there were a bunch of names on it. Matsuda just like said, I'm not going with that. Just throw that out. I'll just put my name right on the top. There you go. There you go. All right. And then game two tonight, uh, they go to Seimei Park Miyagi and the Pacific League comes back or bounces back after that loss and and wins the game 4-3 on a Hiroaki Shimauchi double in the eighth inning that broke up a tie. And Yamauchi, whose swing I have dreams about, <laughs> ends up being the MVP. And he has three hits and three RBIs, including the game winner, as I talked about. And Teruaki Sato becomes just the fifth rookie to homer in an all-star game. Now, is this one of these rookie, rookie, rookie? My guess is it's a first-year player and not a rookie, yeah. A first-year player, okay. And um, we had a little bit of sloppy play by the Pacific League, and uh, I saw Masato um, Morista of the Carp out there kind of chuckling as he was giving up runs, and I'm like, well, this is this is not cool. Yeah, that's all-star smiling stuff, when they're giving yeah. up their runs here. I mean, you know, come on now. We are out here giving some effort. But um, – uh, we had a, a poor call by the third base umpire that was overturned on review. We had Yohei Oshima trying to steal home in a just kind of ridiculous spot in the eighth inning on a 3-2 pitch with the bases loaded and Seiya Suzuki at the plate, and he's, he's attempting to steal home. And he ends up kind of altering Suzuki or making all, Suzuki have to alter his swing a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an okay series. I mean, nothing greatly memorable or anything like that, but I guess it's as much no, but fun it wasn't, as you can expect. Uh, I've seen some really absurd all-star games. <laughs> you, you, you and a million others. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I thought, I thought from, from what I watched and as I, I told, I had to watch something else tonight. I, I had to, I was forced away <laughs> uh, by another assignment, but uh, in Japan, it's, you know, what I liked about it was watching uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto throw all his stuff, you know, mm-hmm. use all his pitches. Because one of the things about the All-Star game, it's been ki- become kind of cliche for the players. I'm going to throw my hardest fastball. I'm going to swing as hard as I can because there's sort of confusing skills competition with a game. Yeah. And to me, yeah, that's not that's not baseball. That's you know that's batting. That's a uh, batting practice and pitching practice. No, no, nobody pays. Nobody. I, I don't care if you're rookie Sasaki. Nobody's going to pay to watch you throw a ball as fast as you can in a bullpen. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I might, but no, no normal person is going to. So that whole that whole dynamic of i'm here to you know show the fans what they want which is not really play baseball but you know show how hard i can throw the ball and challenge this batter and challenge that pitcher and 
that's that's a lot of nonsense and it puts me to sleep yeah it, i mean it's just kind of goofy entertainment but again you know what and I, you know there are two take takeaways from this all-star series that i had one of them is i i still don't like the two games mm-hmm. and the number one reason i don't like multiple games in the all-star game is for this reason we see a some players who probably are fringe all stars mm-hmm. and they're voted in by the fans or somebody. And I, you know, I, I do have some names. I mean, I don't think I have all the names, but uh, Hiroto Kobukata of Rockton, not having an all star worthy season, you know, all, all around. He's a good defensive player for sure. Uh, Tatsuya Imai of Cebu. He's having an okay season as a pitcher for. Yeah, Hawaii. say we're having games in my home par- their home park, so yeah, let's put them on yeah. the roster. Yeah, Chihaya Sasaki of Lotte. You know, even uh, Matsuda. We talked about him. He's a two thirty three yeah. hitter this year. I mean, he's not really having all star worthy production, but we we see them in the all star game, and it, it's okay. But if there were just one game, those guys wouldn't play. Right. And. That I I just would like to see the best of the best out there all the time instead of some guys on the fringe. So that's that's one. And the second thing is, I think I said before uh, when we talked about the fan voting mm-hmm. that we're seeing a lot of really young players out there, and yep. I think that's really good. Sato was one of them. We saw sure. Mr. Miyagi Hiroya Miyagi of, of the Buffaloes. We saw Doji Kurebayashi of the Carp. Um, Murakami is kind of established now, even though he's still really young. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw Takumu Nakano Hanshin, uh, just to name some. But it, it was good to see those young players yeah. out there. Um, and even I do Yutaro, like Yutaro the masher, uh, Sugimoto, although he's sure. not young. He's what a game he had tonight. <laughs> yeah, the, play, the catch was better than the home run. but uh, Yeah, but still, bam. Yeah, yeah, bam. Um, but Yeah, he, playing like, it, like it's a real game. Good for you. Yeah. Um, so it's good to see some of that new talent out there. That, that was really fun. And I think we're going to see those guys. I mean, Morishita as well. I think we're going to see those guys around in the all-star games for a while. Yeah. I guess my last rant about the all-star game is I don't want to see Tatsunori Hara managing an all-star game again, ever. Hashtag. Hi. (laughs) I'll I'll say to you what I said to Jason Koskri last week. Can you stop beating up around the bush and get right to the point here, Jim? Well, and <laughs> what do you mean by? Ever? You know, I'm, I'm very. You know, I'm personally I'm very fond of Hara, and I I do. I but he's got his idiosyncrasies, and one of his idiosyncrasies is uh, he's got a hard and fast rule about taking care of his friends. Uh-huh. <laughs> hard and fast, <laughs> and not like I haven't mentioned that before, but. Uh, <laughs> But the the all star selection of an all star pinch runner a <laughs> yes. few years ago, yes. I like, I mean that basically should have lost him his all star managing license. Okay, granted <laughs> that Takanori Suzuki came in and he actually played a critical role in winning an all star game, but he didn't belong on the team. It, you know, it's almost like they had a. It's almost like with with Hara managing, and of course the the starting pitcher in game one's a giant. Uh, who's a yeah an ordinary starting pitcher who's had a great record, fringy guy, yeah, yeah. yeah. And but it's almost as if with Hara managing that there's a there's an, a vote. You know they've got a vote for the best middle reliever and they've got a vote for the best closer and they've got a vote for the. It's almost like they had a vote for the most interesting bench player. 
<laughs> you know, the most interesting fringe player because you know that's the guy Har is going to take from his team to put on the All Star game. Yeah, yeah. So no, I'm I'm I didn't see too much of it this time, but he usually does some save some of his most stupid stuff for the All Star games. <laughs> well, he was right to 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 uh, request a video replay on the play at third base that uh, I referred to earlier, saying it was a poor call by the ump, but. When I was watching it live, I thought that the runner was was out a lot by a larger margin than I think it was uh, Sugimoto actually too by a larger margin than than I originally well than it turned out to be because after watching the video I'm like that's a lot closer than I thought it was but watching it live I'm like that's that's another uh, situation where an umpire is he first of all he wasn't watching the play and then when he noticed that the runner was coming in late he he decided, well, based on the location of the tag, the runner's foot had to have been on the bag. So he just made the safe sign, but he didn't see the play. So I was really upset. And I'm thinking these guys are taking it as seriously as the players. <laughs> They're just like, let's get through this. Let's not get anybody hurt. Let's go home. So yeah, I wasn't, I was, I, I thought he made a good request, but yeah, how to, I mean, the all-star game, it's just, it's an exhibition, so I can't get mad at anybody, no matter how much stupid stupid stuff happens. Yeah, they, they, they need, they need they, to entertain. They need to change the format to where you know to do something. And I've I've heard of you know that, yeah one game we just yeah need one, one, game. one game would be better. Uh, I'd like to see a skills. Now I mentioned this, uh, and Jason and I and some other people were talking about this during the MLB All Star, maybe during the Home Run Derby, which mm-hmm. I, I don't enjoy. Uh, even with Shohei Otani, I don't enjoy it. The um, a skills competition, you know, and and apparently MLB had this once in 1989, and somebody said, well, they tried it once, and and Barry Larkin blew out his arm, so they gave up on it, and they had like a races and relay throws and catchers throwing, trying competing to throw out runners, you know, at, you sure, know, yeah. for best pop times and things, and which is I think vastly more interesting. But uh, because Barry Larkin got hurt on a relay throw, somebody who knows a lot about pitching injuries said, mm-hmm. uh, I think it was Will Carroll said, look, Barry Larkin didn't blow out his, his arm because of the skills competition. He blew out his arm because of stress and abuse over a period of years. And that was just the straw that broke the camel's back. Uh, if it hadn't happened there, it would have happened somewhere else. But you're bl- you know, you're blaming the straw, the the piece of straw on the dead camel. Right. Yes. Yeah. Which so. is, yeah. It's like, <laughs> yes. Well, lots of stories to go with that, but uh, yeah, you can't, you can't always look at the last thing in this. But it would be a lot more fun, you know, do, do what the NBA and the NHL do than what baseball does, which is separates things, separate, you know, take the part of the game that, is a, a it used to be a small part of the game and now it's the whole game i suppose yeah. and make it the focus so okay okay all right well yeah let's make a four seam transition and now we have this long break here we have the first the all-star break continues and now we've got the olympic break with the olympics starting this week so wow on friday wow that's really it's really weird to say um so we have no meaningful mpb games for a month but we do have some practice games that were announced. I think it was June twenty something, I believe, and um, they're going to take everybody's going to take at least a week off. And the Samurai Japan guys are going to be playing, so uh, I guess 
you and I don't have to take a break from JBW. I guess what we'll do is we'll stick our toes in the water. If there's nothing going on, we'll skip a week. If there's okay. something going, if there's something going on, we'll do a show. But I, I anticipate we'll be doing shows because I think yeah. Samurai Japan guys going. We can we can look at their stuff and also, but not only Samurai Japan, but you know this this these Olympics are so rare because of all the guys in Japan who are playing on on Olympic teams. Yeah, you know, something. You know, Israel's Israel and South Korea are the two teams that don't have NPB players, although they mm-hmm. have some form. They'll have some former NPB players on on Korea. So. Yeah, yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be worthwhile to watch almost every game. So, uh, yeah, uh, one of the reasons I said it, th- there won't be meaningful MPB games is because we, we do have these practice games that I think some will be on YouTube, some will be on some various forms of uh, some platforms out there. And we bre- briefly mentioned the fact that they're going to have these, I guess, about 10 games for each team about. Uh, and we brief- briefly mentioned that on the show uh, a couple, three shows back, but you know, teams are going to try to stay sharp with some practice games. I hope nobody gets hurt, but I hope I know it's better than sitting around and doing nothing. And I asked uh, Chunichi Dragons hitting coach Alonzo Powell for just what what the I asked him about what the approach for these games was going to be for these teams, particularly the Dragons, and he sent me the following. So quote. You have to take it like spring training and work on things you think the team needs to improve on. Uh, Give a look at some young guys during some of the games. With about 10 days to go, start getting your everyday players, the ABs they need to get their timing back as the second half starts. And then I wouldn't say it's too serious, but you do have to have focus and quality practice. So that's what he said uh, about the, the practice games that are coming up. So uh, yeah, get some of the younger guys um, some looks, get some of the older guys some rest, but then get them, uh, you know, geared back up once the dates get closer and the the, the real games are going to start again. So spring training, you know, he said he mentioned like spring training. So there's going to be a, a ramp down and a build up. And I would mm-hmm. imagine um, it's going to be really hard. I, I you know, we. I think you mentioned the fact that they have had breaks in the past that are have almost been this long. Sure, of course we had the break in uh, last summer. Uh, yeah. You know, well, they, they were doing practice yeah. games for a month. They were doing practice games all of March, and they were doing practice games all of May. <laughs> it seemed like most of the season was a practice game. Yeah, but you're right. But yeah, so we've had this. Uh, we've had shorter breaks. I mean, this is going to be a month. I think with the usual the typical olympic breaks usually about two or three probably three weeks i guess but yeah i think august 13th is the date that i have in my mind as the next time that we're going to have a a, a game so yeah so yeah this is it's just strange it's strange to have this kind of thing and at you know at the same time they're going to be all these players you well not all these players but a number of players you spoke about who are going Mm -hmm. to be uh, competing in the olympics so they're actually playing meaningful games uh, a lot of uh, Japanese players <laughs> sure. playing with Samurai Japan. So um, it's just a really, a real mix. So I think that first two, three weeks, once the players get back, it'll just be different for, for a lot of players. Some guys will be trying to get back into, okay, this is regular season mode. It's not having to win every pitch and every 
every play mode and then some guys who haven't played for a while who are just like oh yeah i'm ready to go yeah <laughs> they're 100 gung-ho so it's going to be a weird mix when when guys get back on the field to see uh who's in what what situation so i'm looking forward to that but just more looking forward to actual baseball again so it's a long break <laughs> this is tough for us i haven't well, done this <laughs> yeah well we'll we'll get we'll get through it we'll you'll we'll buckle down and get through it. we'll be busy enough as it is unfortunately yeah, <laughs> you don't know the half of it. Yeah, the Olympics will keep us very busy, and my anticipation is that the the, the host country is going to win most of the medals. <laughs> uh, well, we'll see, though. We will see. All right, uh, making a two-seam transition. So I asked Jim during the week about talking about defense because we don't spend enough time talking about defense. We so. do not. No, we for, don't. For, for good reason. Defense is very... Uh, hard to dissemble from its stats. Yes, what, you know we one... can we can we can you know we know more we can, we know kind of how park effects affect hitting and pitching, mm-hmm. but we don't have a a good you know if you look at a if you look at a batting line and you kind of know when it when and where it took place you can say oh that's that's kind of a good season or that's a really bad season or um. I'm not sold or whatever, but if you look at a you know a stat line for a middle infielder, is that a good year or a bad year? Oh well, yeah, he had, didn't have a lot of double plays or he had a lot of errors or you know it, there's the context issues go to multiple levels, and it's really hard. So I think that's the easy reason why we don't talk about defense. It's so it's really important. Yeah, and it just becomes uh, very subjective. If you think a guy's good, then you, <laughs> if you see him make a good play one day, you just assume that guy's good. And, exactly. Uh, uh, and that's that's how it goes. I mean, I try, and I think Jim and I, we've discussed this briefly on the show, but I, I'd like to do more when I'm at the park and watching guys and, and their footwork and you know, I, would, I used to be a step counter. I counted a lot of steps, uh, how many steps a player would take to catch a ball in a certain area or Shoot. things like that. But um, uh, I, I just, you know, you can, you're, you're a much better judge in person of mm. a guy's speed and uh, how they're playing defense. And we just haven't been able to get out to the, the ballparks and watch the game. So I, That's you know, true. These new players, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. I haven't seen them play a lot, but, you know, looking at TV and, trying to compare what I've seen in the past is how I'm going to judge some of these guys. So let's get to it. We're going to talk about uh, the catchers and outfield assists. So uh, catchers throwing out runners. It's not all on the catcher. It it takes uh, the combination of these three people working together. And that's the pitcher, the catcher, and the person putting the tag down, whether it's the second baseman or whatever baseman it is. Uh, So, you know, that in mind, I was kind of surprised at one of the guys on the list. Now, uh, what I did is I just went on to the NPP list and I found the guy, the catchers who had the most uh, or the highest percentage of runners thrown out, but it didn't it didn't provide any stats. So the top guy is Takuya Kai of the SoftBank Hawks, the guy everyone would imagine it is, the guy whose name is Kai Cannon, his nickname, uh, because he has the cannon back there. Although I think that cannon is kind of, <laughs> lost a little bit of uh, yeah he's not power. yeah well i i think yeah i've been skimping on the on the powder yeah but he's at four 
uh, his average is 453. So more, mm-hmm. uh, you know, basically 45% of runners he's throwing out. But next on the list was Takumi Oshiro of the Giants at, you know, 44.1. And I was shocked at that because I didn't think he was that good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, and I want to make a comment about the numbers is that, uh, you know, we were, we were talking about, you know, when John asked me, if I had these and I didn't, but I, I could get them. Uh, I said, well, I, I would, if I wanted to do a defensive analysis, there are a few places I'd look and he wasn't thrilled. He's not thrilled with the Delta graph stuff. And I, and I, I yeah. Okay. Well, no, I I think you have to, it's like, like everything else, like all other baseball stats, you kind of have to have a, a a margin of error in your Mm -hmm. head for how re- how reliable the numbers are. Mm. And what I find, well, I I have fundamental sort of questions about war and how and applying them to things like pitches and and batted balls and such. But the the one thing I would say is that uh, limited context. You know, a season does not, you know, each season is not the same. True. In terms of opportunities and difficulty and and so on, and so the reason I, I, I bring that into in into this conversation is because of all the regular catchers on this list, and I counted regulars as people who've played in thirty five or more games. Okay, so the, about half. <laughs> yeah. So that's a, that's a total that gets at least one guy from every team and. Uh, it's a total of 13 catchers, I think. I, uh, it might not get everybody because some teams split their catching duties between th- three guys okay. instead of two. But uh, the third from the worst this season is Yutaro Umeno, who we're used to being used to seeing near the top. Mm-hmm. And there's no way, you know, this is a this is a performance stat in that it's a it's a record of what's actually happened. But sure. there's there's no way that if this guy is fit, that he's one of the worst catchers, you know, in, in NPB at throwing out runners. So I think it's more a case of it could be an injury, could be opportunities, could be other, you know, bad luck uh, pitchers who are not good at holding runners, pitchers who don't, you know, go to the plate quickly enough fielders making poor cat, you know, not catching the ball or not applying the tags properly. There's lots of things, you know, that can go into it. And that's why I said that, yeah, it's a three person procedure and you need everybody to function. And I think that's, and I apply that to the same thing with a lot of the the Delta graph stuff is you just have to, the best way to understand them is to look at uh, players' performance over a number of years. Mm -hmm. And then you get a, a sense for who's really good. Mm-hmm. And and you do look at it, and then, unfortunately, I, I couldn't find my 2020 data. But if you look at the tw- the data from 2017 to 2021, excluding 2020, Umeno is one of the better guys. He and Kai are probably the two best in Japan. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't take his throwing out 21 percent of the base runners, uh, the base dealers he's faced, as indicative of the fact that he can't throw. And yeah, the other thing I, I always try to point out is controlling the running game because it's important to put the the opponents in a position where they would not they would rather not risk running on you, <laughs> not risk attempting. 
And I think in a lot of cases with Kai, they don't even want to try. And you, you don't sure. get any, you don't get any points for an intimidation factor. You only get points for the number of guys you throw out. And they don't even consider, let's say that, that okay, we've got fast guys who are, we've got potential base dealers on base who don't go. <laughs> I have to, as soon as you said that, I have to bring up an anecdote because when I was first doing uh, my analytical guides for Japanese baseball in the early 90s, mm-hmm. uh, I was trying to solve this problem. Like how much, how much are these, you know, guys, how much are catchers saving their, how many runs are they saving their teams mm-hmm. by throwing out runners? And uh, the solution was to, was to basically match a catcher with an average offense so let's say he uh, you took a league average offense but you changed their stolen bases to what this guy's opponents were okay so they stole you know how many more runs would they score and how would it change the dynamic and in the early 90s basically it got to the point where pretty much nobody ran on atsia furuta the occult swallows Mm-hmm. there'd be like 27 stolen base attempts a year. Right. Yeah. Because, not even trying. Because nobody wanted to get thrown out. And the, the cost was actually, this is a skill which helped them in, in a tight situation because nobody could steal on him. But over the course of a season, it actually, I, I think it actually cost the swallows runs because nobody was willing to take, nobody was willing to be thrown out. And most so so many uh, stolen base attempts are just giving away outs. It cost the swallows runs. Uh, no, it caught it. it uh, teams giving up on stealing bases helped them score more runs than had there been an average catcher behind the plate. Oh, it cost them that way in that. Yeah, in so case. it was helping the the opponents because they were, would get more outs if guys were trying to go, but they since they got right. more outs, but because they, they gave up completely, they were, you know, they gave up more the swings. Run. Yep. They <laughs> gotcha. they were they were not giving away so many outs as they would against a normal catcher. See, you know, usually you're in my head and I'm in your head a little bit, but I I when you said it cost us swallows runs, I totally I was out of your head and I was at the dinner table eating something because I no, but that, but that was really, that was kind of an interesting thing. Of course you want that because you, and it's not like, so over the course of a season, it did their opponents were scoring a few extra runs because they weren't running at all. Uh, But on the other hand, if it's, you know, it's the ninth inning and you need to score a run badly, you'd much prefer, you'd much rather have Fudaja back there and the guy stuck on first base. Third on this list is Takuya Kinoshita of the Dragons at 39%, about 39%. And uh, he's a guy, I think I just said, he, he doesn't really have a strong arm. He's just accurate with the throws, and he gets the he gets rid of the ball quickly. But he, he throws some floaters out there to second base. But, uh, again, getting rid of the ball quickly is good. He's He's got help with the pitchers. And, like I said, it's a three-person procedure. His, his middle infield is just... <laughs> Uh, we know that Kyo, uh, Yota Kyoda can be elite defensively. He's really good around the bag. And um, Toshiki Abe is also really good. So he's got some guys, if he's throwing to center, uh, to second base, who can really help him out. Um, in fact, there was a play recently. I don't think you watched this. It was just before the uh, All-Star break. And Kyoda scooped up a ball on the bounce on the opposite side of the bag and reached over and made a tag. I mean, just elite fielding and glove work and 
quick hands around the bag to get the out. Just amazing. And it shouldn't have been an out. It really shouldn't have been an out. But because uh, Kinoshita got the ball there quickly uh, and fairly accurately, uh, he got an out out of it. So, yeah, uh, the, uh, the next guy on the list is is Ota or Hikaru, Hikaru Ota of Rakuten. He's about about 38.8%. So he's right there as well. But, um, I, you know, some of these guys on this list, it just, it doesn't, it's just only giving the number of, of guys thrown out. So I don't mm. know. I didn't know how to really interpret it, but those, oh. those were the guys on the list in the top five. The last thing I want to mention, and I, I, as you were saying this, I was just resorting my list and I was, you know, comparing, you know, when we, you mentioned the opportunities, I mean, Another reason why Umeno is is far down on the list is the lack of opportunities. Uh, they opponents have tried to this was through the you know through the All Star break have have tried to steal on him thirty three times in eighty three games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not a lot. <laughs> no, that is not a lot. I mean, uh, Kai's Kai's have faced fifty three stolen base attempts in eighty eight games, and he's really good. So. That's mm. that's a you know that's a sign that things aren't exactly what they look like, <laughs> and and that right all and the other thing is too, you know, with you know with thirty three attempts, a couple of a couple of successes, you know, a couple of missed tags that weren't missed, mm-hmm. and it's completely different. Yep, he goes from being third worst to you know to fifth best. Yeah, so those so. those are basically your top five. Umino's not up there in the percentage wise, but we're going to put him up there because he's good, and we know he's good. Just like uh, Yuhei Nakamura of the Yakult Swallows is pretty good as well. All right, let's talk about off outfield assists. Now these are easier for people to see. It's just difficult, more difficult to keep the, you know, the number in your head. But um, we know because we've seen him since he arrived in Japan two plus years ago that. Uh, Leonis Martin of the Lotte Marines has a really good arm. So why people keep running on him and testing it baffles me. <laughs> I think it's Just sort of a, I think it's an all star game kind of thing. They want they want they want to challenge him because it's fun. <laughs> because it's fun. Well, he has eight outfield assists, and that's tied for the best in MPB with Seiya Suzuki of the Hiroshima Cup. Now that was kind of a surprise because. I, I think Suzuki's is more that people are challenging him and he's getting more opportunity, but I don't know that to be the case. I just don't see the same throws from him. I don't have them in my head as those guys' arms are about the same, but they have the same number of outfield assists. So do you have the number of uh, attempts? I do not. Yeah, um, I didn't think I, you did. I would, I, I would from previous years, but I don't for this year. Oh, okay. I thought you had that, but I didn't think. No, you had I used that. to. I I used to. I had that from 2017 to 2019. I'll eventually get it for last year and this year, but I don't have it right now. Okay. Uh, the interesting thing with uh, the interesting thing with uh, Leonis Martins' arm is that all eight they now NPB counts uh, outfield assists in which there is only one assist on the on the out. Which means oh, so there's no relay throw. throws. That's correct. There's no relay. Uh, at least there's no relay on the throws where he threw guys out. Let's put it that way. That so, actually makes sense to me mm-hmm. because it's not hockey. <laughs> because okay. 
it, the the real the assist should go to the last guy who had the ball because it everything is hinges uh, on yes that throw. And no. Yes and no. Again, well, it hinges on that throw. I mean, you're only part of the you're only part of the. You're not 100 percent of the chain, nor nor yeah. does it count. You know, good tags by the catcher. Yeah, so I, I would say you don't get punished when a guy makes a bad throw. You should still get credit. Uh, I'm sorry, when a guy makes a bad relay throw. Because yeah, you did your job. But, you know, if he throws the ball 20 feet over the plate, why why, why, why isn't your decision? Well, that's the, logic, that's the logic that gives an assist to an infielder whose throw is dropped and the runner reaches safely. He gets an assist, but no out is made. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's it. That's baseball rules. Anyway, the the point I was going to making is that uh, while Seiya Suzuki and Leonis Martin both both have both have eight uh, putouts, all eight of uh, or assists. Of Martins, excuse me, eight out eight. Yeah, they've got more putouts than that. Both of their all all eight of Leonis Martins' uh, eight assists were direct without a relay. Uh huh. Which is pretty amazing. And that's not the case for no, Seiya? it's six of his. Oh, okay. Which is All second right. highest in NPB. Okay, um, and third on the list is uh, Yuki Yanagita, and that figures because he has a strong arm. But again, why, why, why are people challenging this guy? <laughs> they think he's because he's over thirty that he can't throw. Yeah, anything. probably. Uh, I did notice uh, in the last thing I, I the last, yeah, we all hope it's the last thing I say on the subject. <laughs> Lannis Martin, I, I did an interesting thing when I, an interesting study when he arrived. Uh, the, from the day he arrived in a Lote uniform, their defense got better dramatically. <laughs> Yeah, I think I remember you saying. Yeah, that. I, I know we talked ago. about it, but I yeah. think it 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 bears repeating. You know, he's he's. I'll say this: he's a little error prone. He likes to gamble in the outfield. We saw that in the All Star game. Although I think that ball took a turn on him, but yes, yes. yeah, you know, some balls are traitorous, but <laughs> uh, but no, he's he likes to gamble a bit, and he tries. You know, he'll dive for balls, and sometimes he he misjudges those, but. He's always out there giving 100% and he's cutting off balls that other people would play. Maybe, as as I mentioned, uh, I think last week, uh, the Pro Yaki News guys were going, yeah, this guy really, he's a gamer. And I think that that shows. And, it, 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 you know, there's a cost to doing things like that. But it's also if you never do it, you don't know what you can do. You know, that's like the guy who never makes errors because he doesn't push himself that much. Hmm. So he pushes himself and... Um, and he's got the gun, and you know you just can't take liberties with his arm. People do, but you can't. Yeah, yeah. I want to bring up Akira Neo of the Dragons because, uh, for sure, I know he would have two more assists if his catcher Yuya Gunji had caught the ball in a game against. Uh, it was back-to-back games against the, uh, or is one game against the, the Yakult Swallows. I can't remember. It, it, it's the game starting to run run together. The losses are starting to run together for me. But there was a game. I think it was one game because I think he didn't play the next day. But a couple plays where if he just catches the ball on a bounce and gets it, uh, gets the ball. He he has an easy tag to make, and he would have gotten the runner out twice. And it looked like carbon copy plays where Gunji dropped the ball 
and you know wasn't able to apply a tag obviously and there was another game i think this throw was from nail i can't remember for sure but the the dragons were playing the marines and they were up by a run in the ninth inning in interleague and there was a play at the plate the umpires called made the call out but they reversed the call on some horse pucky call that I, I, I figured because the, the runner did not make any effort at all to avoid the catcher who they said was standing in his oh, lines. And so uh, they reversed the call. And, and so I think that was Nao who made that throw, but it was an easy play. It was out by five feet, if not more. And uh, so that would be three assists to onto his total, whatever it is now. And you said it still wouldn't be enough to be top in, in, in MPV though. No. Uh, a couple of guys I want to throw out there whose arms I really like. Oh, what, what, what would his total be if he had those three? Seven. Seven. Okay, so he'd be tied with Yanagite. Okay, go ahead. Throw out your okay. guys. Uh, Hiromioka, the Marines. Mm. And I was he's, he didn't really make my list this year. He hasn't played a lot, but I was just, you know, I was sort of curious and going through guys who, who had kind of unusual numbers. In uh, 2018... Now, most of these guys, so the league leading totals in Japan for a season are like usually eight, nine, ten in that mm-hmm. area. And they're for guys who play like 1,200 innings, 1,100 innings. Mm-hmm. In 365 innings, Hiromi Oka threw out seven guys. Wow. Yeah, this is, you know, this who this reminds me of, uh, Hidenori Kuramoto of the Dragons. He He had one of those arms. Oh yeah, uh, you know he he'd get like yeah. yeah he'd play half a season and he'd throw out six or seven guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. so he's he's one. Daiki Asama's another guy. We always knew he had an arm, but we didn't get to see it because he was he's been hurt most of his career. And he's had no farming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So yeah, da- Daiki Asama, the fighters, is another guy who was like a five tool player when he came. You know, he was a twenty year old and. Now he's not a twenty-year-old anymore, and he's been hurt most of his career. But he can he can still throw. Yeah, I, I like him. Yeah, hurting on the farm a lot, but yeah, I, I like him. Mm-hmm. All right, well, that was fun. That was fun. Let's take a look at the defense again. I know you like to look at the double plays, so let's uh, try to get that uh, during this. Yeah, this I, 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 I'll just say double this: plays and possible. I'm sorry, potential double plays and how many the teams actually turn. So. Ah, I don't have that I'm not gonna have that stuff but i'll just still tell you one thing that really amazed me last year was how few double plays the softbank hawks hit into i think it was like uh like 50 in a season which is like a third of what we you know almost a third of what's normal hmm. for a team right. that, that really gets on base all right so well, that'll be something uh, this year for. they're back to normal so it wasn't like a you know this is a softbank hawks thing it was probably more of a fluke than anything else. Okay. Well, we'll talk about that during this break. So uh, get those numbers ready for us if you would. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, making a seamless transition, it's time for As the Pitch Turns and the Masahiro Tanaka outing that went off on Tuesday. And he won and he pitched really well. And he's still a losing pitcher. He's four and five now, though, after the victory, a 6 2 victory over the SoftBank Hawks. And Got some offensive production there. It didn't come well. I mean, it was sporadic, but he got some runs. He by the fourth inning, he had a four to one lead. I think that's as comfortable as he has had all season. <laughs> I would say. 
Um, so he went seven innings, uh, allowed four hits, including a home run, struck out eight and uh, one walk. And so that was it was pretty good. I heard the announcers. They, I didn't get to see much of this game at all, but I heard the announcers talking about uh, once I once I tuned into the game late, how he had pitched really well. Um, saw the highlights, did the uh, did the write up for the uh, YouTube channel, and and watched all the highlights there. So that he looked like he was uh, almost back to normal. Well, I thought I thought he pitched as well as he had the week before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I. My comment, you know, he's he is he keeps working on his pitch combinations to different hitters, you know, the what you know what he wants to do and what he doesn't want to do, and uh, it's become I think his execution has steadily gotten a little little bit better. I mean, the split's still a little inconsistent. He's still in love with that two seamer, which is not a great pitch, but you know, who am I to tell him what to do? Yeah, I've been uh, looking for the for the four seamer, and and you're right. I I don't see it. And it pretty much has disappeared. When I see it, it's you know some kind of out of the zone. Here, here, I have this. Take mm. a look at it. Kind of a pitch. He threw two really good ones to Yuki and Nagita though, with a runner on base, um, and that that surprised me because he threw him in he threw him in the zone, and he basically said, "Try to hit this punk." <laughs> Yeah, uh, you wouldn't you call him punk because you don't know it's coming. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. So that was that was interesting. Uh, those were the best fastballs I've seen him throw all year. I mean, I haven't seen them all, but those are the best ones I've seen. Uh, that was encouraging, and also encouraging because when he had he had a little renaissance uh, in 2018 with the Yankees, and his slider was just becoming really deadly, and he and and the pitching coach, uh, Larry Rothschild, both told me that the reason the slider was so effective is because the four-seam fastball had gotten so much better. Mm. And I think that is going to be a key moving forward. The spin on it was pretty good. It hasn't been that great. And the, and the other thing, uh, in in overall, my, my analysis of his game was that it really wasn't a lot better than what we've seen. Uh-huh. But that uh, yeah, he was really not unlucky. <laughs> yeah, I said back to normal, but I, I, I kind of as soon as I said that, I thought, well, no, he has been normal. It's not his fault that he's four and five. It's not all his fault that he's right. four and five because uh, during the great run that he had before, we always uh, we often talked about the fact that the the Eagles didn't get shut out during any of those games, obviously because they made him a winner in most of them, and that was a big key. And then now this time this year when he's back they aren't scoring as often or as much and they don't have the same kind of offensive power firepower anyway so why should we expect that so it kind of makes sense yeah he didn't uh, he didn't make too many mistakes he hasn't been making a lot of mistakes i mean he made some kind of bad ones early he's making fewer and fewer mistakes and he didn't give up too many really weird fluky hits this mm-hmm. time yeah i think in in you know in his tough inning this time he gave up he missed one pitch and he gave up one kind of, you know, ground ball that found a hole kind of hit. Mm-hmm. And he got run support. So those three, he's, he's basically, I don't, what's his ERA, 2.98 or something. So it's, it's, it's quite, um, it's about what we would expect from that production. But uh, the win-loss is not, but it's not really his fault. Uh, the yeah, other and thing, the home run he gave up to Yanagita was one of those, well, that was a bad pitch. He, he knew it right away, and he's like, um, ah, and he shook his well, head. Well, it was where he and wanted it. It, it didn't, it didn't, uh, it didn't uh, 
break as much. It didn't have enough. Oh, it broke. On it. <laughs> it well, broke no, no, signs, yeah, yeah, no, it broke it, through it, the it, air. No, it not even broke it. Yes, <laughs> he, he applied the breakage to that one. But yeah. the, the slider didn't. Uh, it didn't move as much as he would have liked. Uh, it was on the in on the hands. The location was fine. The movement wasn't great. But he was all over it. But you know, sometimes it's it's still not a really easy. It's not a really easy pitch to hit. Um, but with Yuki and Agita, that happens all the time. So tough luck. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I would say is uh, the I thought the announcers, because I was watching the game and the announcers said, you ever have one of those moments where they say exactly what you're thinking? And you think, wow, these guys are really smart. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought you would. I thought you would. No, so I, this, I do. I do. But... It doesn't happen to me a lot because often the sound is off. But I was watching him be f- so frustrated with these these left-handed slap hitters, and he's just, after seven years in the States, he's just completely forgotten how to put these guys away. Forgotten. Okay. It's like that. He does, It's really not part of his toolbox anymore, because you watch him, he's going like, don't poke at that ball, swing and miss at it. <laughs> don't poke it foul. Like, what's wrong with you? And and hold on, that ball was in the dirt. How come you're not that two strike pitch was in the dirt? How come you're not swinging from the heels at it? What's wrong with you? And he's going like, he's like, what have I come back to the land of the Lilliputians or something? You know. <laughs> so he had that look like, what is wrong with these people? You know, it's like, or how come I can't remember how to do this? But it, you know, he's coded himself to to pitch in the majors, and he's. And I, I think you could see that frustration on his face when guys were having 10 and 12 pitch at bats against him. It's like, uh, you know, if he you're was back. Out, yeah. You're yeah. back here with us. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> yeah, He's almost. Good. Yeah, like gremlins or something. Who let these people into the building? <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, he like I said, he's four and five. So hopefully, when we get back in another month, we can talk about him being going to five and five. In the meantime, let's go to fielding questions. All right. The first one is a comment, and it comes from Corgi Racing, and it was via the Reddit site that uh, Jim has probably never seen. Uh, he says, very much enjoyed this week's episode, Par the Course with JBW. Was particularly interested in the first half conversation and the fact that it doesn't seem any of you were too convinced that Oryx could stick to the top spot. Sounds like we have a few waiting for a soft bank to get back. A Marines believer parentheses, John, laugh out loud, and maybe <laughs> maybe confusion as to why Rockton hasn't been able to put it together or put together a better first half. Anyway, great stuff. So thanks so much, Corgi Racing. Much appreciated for sure. And uh, you know, certainly we love to get comments, and that's what I always say. It could be a question or a comment for fielding questions but uh, for high heat or whatever. But uh, I wanted to read this comment because we really appreciate Jason Crossgree um, and his wife probably waking up early for us uh, a week ago on Saturday. And we appreciate Claudio Rodriguez sticking because he was teleworking that day. So he was sticking to his uh, staying in his work seat an extra hour plus and for his family allowing him to do that and let him work with us and spend the time with us on the show 
we really appreciate it. It was good to hear mm. both of you. And obviously the listeners like it too. So, um, you know, I, I, it's always good for Jim and I to say we appreciate it, but to receive feedback from people like Corgi Racing, that's also really awesome. And it shows you that, uh, you know, the people who consume the show com- appreciate you guys. So Jason, Claudia, thank you very much. I hope you can have you on. Absolutely. Here. Thanks, guys. It was fun. Okay. Uh, so the next is from Glenn in Tokyo, our buddy. And he says, thanks as always for the great pod. Gets many of us through the weeks of COVID bunker remote work. Uh, he said he saw one of these rare trades today and wanted to get your takes on it. Uh, Masahiro Nakatani of the Tigers for Akira Niho, a pitcher for the SoftBank Hawks. I was a bit of a fan of Nakatani after the 2017 home run season always wanted to see more of a follow-up but i guess rookie sensation sato makes it almost impossible for him to break into the lineup of outfielders they have so i welcome the addition of pitching but wondered why niho only had 20 games under his belt in the past two seasons not like the hawks to give anything away uh note Worst uniform, because we did have some uniform talk these past two weeks. Worst uniform, Oryx all black with the pinstripe restaurant quality logo. <laughs> That's Glenn in Tokyo. So, so what Jim. do you think about it, Glenn? Yeah, uh, yeah. That, that trade also, you know, piqued my attention because we, you know, we do see lots of in-season trades, but it's very rare that you see a, a trade of the caliber of somebody who actually can play. That's uh, zealous what, wielder. I was going to start my comment. Did you? Did you? Did you? Do you have some kind of uh, worm software that you're using to look at my notes on my iPhone? <laughs> Darn it, John! Don't be giving away spyware. Yeah, I mean the zealous wheeler trade was last year was kind of unusual. Although with the foreign player, the imported player, sometimes we do see that uh, for a variety of reasons, but. You know, for two Japanese to change sides in the middle of a season uh, who have any utility at all is pretty rare. Mm-hmm. So this was this kind of piqued my interest. Niho is a you know he's a second tier, borderline third tier starter, back of the rotation emergency guy. Mm-hmm. But he has you know he's if you put him with a good defense and you let him you know let him do his stuff and. Don't pick on him too much, which we know the Tigers are, excel at doing is, you know, letting people play and not worrying about their faults because it's in their DNA. Uh, wait, hold on. That's exactly what happened with Nakatani. Okay, no. well, maybe not. Let's scratch that. So probably not a good deal for Akira Niho. But uh, I guess the Hawks, you know, they, they they know what they're doing. And I suspect they they probably saw in Nakatani a guy who's got some pop in the outfield because right now... Uh, it's Kurihara and it's Yanagita and it's somebody, you know, some slap hitter. <laughs> right. <laughs> or it's you, Yahasegawa, if they want to put him out there. He doesn't run very well anymore. But, but yeah, so that's it's, it's having an extra bat uh, is handy for them. So I, I like that trade. I don't, you know, it's not really big, but it is big in the sense that these are two guys who aren't being traded for cases of balls. Mm. 
or 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 a sandwich. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a sandwich. Yeah, I mean, I make mine, you know, tuna on rye. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, there have been a number of trades this season that involve some players who actually get on the field, and that has been surprising for me because usually we just see fringy guys whose names we have to go and look up <laughs> because we haven't seen them on the field that much in recent years. So, mm. um, but the Tigers, technically, in my opinion. They have had some outfield issues since the drafting of Shun Takayama, who just yep. didn't turn out to be the next Ichiro, who they, I think, and I assumed he was going to be uh, the next Ichiro. And they brought in Yoshio Itoi, and he was supposed to, you know, be uh, maybe what he was. I mean, he he wasn't a he great did, outfielder, but yeah, he was fine, but he got old in a hurry because he, he, he is old when they got him <laughs> what's that because he is old yeah because he is old he was older when they got him so and then they had kosuke fukudomisa um and another guy taiga egoshi who's still here so nakatani was in that whole core of of guys out there but he wasn't uh, a main guy and i think you know glenn you you, you jumped from 20 jacks in 2017 to today with Sato and I and I just thought, well, there's there has been a long time between, you know, the context of what Nakatani did or didn't do over that stretch is why he's not playing and didn't really get a lot of play after that 2017 season. I remember he, 2018, he he seemed to get a lot more games at the beginning of the season, but not a great defensive player. And when you're not producing consistently at the plate you don't get afforded regular time, which he didn't. So you jump from 2017 to 2021 without really giving us that context of him not doing well in that period when he was afforded playing time. And so, yes, he had, he exploded for the 20 home runs, became a regular, made a really good showing, but it's, you know, it's about being consistent. And, uh, you know, Sato, while he, I don't know if we can see he's consistently doing a couple of things. He's striking out a lot and he's hitting some home runs and he's mixing in enough hits to um, not be thrown on the bench as often as he has in the recent weeks because he has been on the bench a couple of times. Um, but uh, I did see this note on Proyaki News that with all the strikeouts, he needs one more uh, strikeout to break the rookie uh, single season record for strikes out with strikeouts, which Kosuke Fukudome set with the Dragons in 1999, mm. and that was a whole season. And he's here. We're here at this at the halfway mark. So um, he strikes out a lot. Okay, so Sato is not. I mean, if anybody else was producing, and I, I can't say that because I think he's a rookie and he's a big name, and he's he's got his little home run Z thing that he does after home runs. He's going to play. But um, you know, Jerry Sands came over. He really made an impression. He has been doing well. I think they kind of set in that turn in, in those two sides of the outfield. Um, center field, Chikamoto, you know, really good player. Uh, as long as he's healthy, I think he's going to play. So, yeah, it's 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 been a long time since the Tigers actually had an outfield where you felt the team knew who it wanted out there. Yeah, yeah, it's, and it's, I think. It, these three guys, I think, yeah, we we know they want them out there. Yeah, they've been, they've gone through about about an eight year period of, well, if this guy doesn't work out, then this guy can work out, but we're only going to give him so many games to figure it out, and that's that's sort of typical Han Shin behavior. <laughs> 
So yeah, yeah, I I, I like uh, I liked Nakatani when he had that really good season, but I, I like get I said the defense it, it matters, and that was one of the issues that the Tigers had been struggling with when they were getting closer to you know being a contender, but having troubles with on the with the leather side of the ball, yeah. and they they just have not. Uh, had patience with guys who cannot catch the ball regularly. So I, 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 I totally understand it. Miho, Miho, I don't think is a great, great pickup. And every time we get a pitcher coming over from the Pacific league, my, my automatic default is to say, well, that pitcher is going to do better in the central league. That's not always the case though. You know, it's not no. always the case, yeah. but it will, uh, it will help him in a, in a, you know, in a pitcher's park, uh, the, the, he won't have the, the Hawks, great you know he'll go from the the hawks uh you know a level defense to the tigers b plus d you know b defense but it'll you know it's not bad i i think it's it's good for him uh it's probably good for him basically to get a new for both of these guys to get sort of a new working environment uh I guess the one thing I wanted to say, you know, about the Hanshin Tigers outfielder, and I've heard this, and I don't know if it's true. I doubt it's true, but somebody told me that I think it was a Tiger, a disappointed Tigers fan, that uh, Donald Trump's uh, TV show, The Apprentice, was actually based on the Hanshin Tigers selection process for their outfielders. <laughs> Hashtag I hate. Maybe it wasn't true. Okay. <laughs> You're fired. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Well, you know what? We have another question, but I want to spend more time with it than we really should uh, Mm. spend on it in this show. So we'll save it for next week. Thank you so much to all you guys who sent in questions. If you have a question, send it to uh, Y-A-K-Y-U-J-O-H-N at gmail.com via email. Hit us up on Twitter at JBW Podcast with the hashtag High Heat or send us a note to the Facebook page. TV. Again, go to the go to the go to YouTube Pacific League uh, English channel, sign up, subscribe, follow, like, watch, comment, do all this all of the above, and uh, we'll appreciate that. And we we'll have an interview for you next week for sure. Um uh, Jim, we, we're getting Jim out there. We're going to have him stand on the side of the freeway with a with a, with a note that says, "We'll, we'll talk for food." <laughs> we'll talk for food. <laughs> I don't think that's going to get you any food. <laughs> Maybe they put something in your mouth to get keep you quiet. No, we give food. We give food, and people talk to us. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> all right, buddy. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> But good luck getting an interview. We got to get you with uh, more interviews here. So, uh, and we have, we'll probably bring up some, some blasts from the past now. So since we got a break here and we won't be, are you going to be covering any of the Samurai Japan stuff? Uh, From TV. From TV. All right. Yeah. None of our people are allowed to go to the park. Right. Right. And do you have anything coming up on Monday? I do not. No programs. Okay. All right. Well, people, we will definitely talk to you next week. Enjoy your time off. See you at the ballpark. Follow the hosts on Twitter at JBW Podcast and at JBallAllen. And feel free to submit your questions by email or tweet with hashtag HighHeat. Thank you for listening to Japan Baseball Weekly.